We're about to go into our first tent. Yes. With wool, I think. Yes. What, what are your feelings? What are your expectations? My, ex my expectations are to feel a lot of things, meaning feel emotionally and also touch tactically feel a lot of things. I just want to touch all the yarn and imagine what it could possibly be turned into. It's a new way of living and I'm trying to get used to it One park blues have an ounce of an idiot Ordered a Manhattan and they call me a city yet At first it hurt my feelings but it's kinda got a ring to it When you move to the country they can tell when you're new to it I'm looking at a place but I'm trying to keep fitting in It takes too long to be a local so for now I'm a city yet I'm Matt Zucker, and this is City It, learning to live and love life in the Hudson Valley. I'm here at the Dutchess County Fairgrounds for the Sheep and Wool Growers Association 43rd New York State Sheep and Wool Festival. Come a few other times, but this is something very different. We're here with Rachel and Sam, my nephew and his partner, and she is fiber folk. She knows what she's doing. So you'll hear in this episode a breakdown of what's important and what's not, what to look for in your equipment, as well as Sam's special visit to the sheep. So we're here at the Sheep and Wool Festival. I've got a special guest with me to accompany me and explain everything, an expert fiber folk, Rachel. Hi, I'm Rachel. Rachel, we're about to go into our first tent. Yes. With wool, I think. Yes. What, what are your feelings? What are your expectations? My, ex my expectations are to feel a lot of things, meaning feel emotionally and also touch tactically feel a lot of things. I just want to touch all the yarn and imagine what it could possibly be turned into. Are we looking for anything in particular? Yes, I am looking to buy yarn to knit a pullover for Thanksgiving this year. So I'm looking for wool and mohair for that project. Okay, we're on the hunt, I'll help. Thank you, looking forward to it. Rachel, we're in another barn. What are we looking at? So we're in the equipment auction barn and there's all different kinds of equipment that can be used to, to create yarn. And also there's knitting machines. So there are machines that are inspired by like the big factory knitting functions. And if you think of any fabric that you have that's like a jersey material, it's all knit. And if you look really closely, you'll see like little Vs in the fabric. Each of those little Vs is a knit stitch. So even your t-shirt, Matt, is knit. Yeah. Yeah. So this red and white knitting machine here. <laughs> these machines look very fragile. Makes a knitting tube. Yeah, a lot of these are fragile and old. There's spinning wheels. There's carding machines where carding machines, so this one here that looks like a cylinder with a bunch of pins on it, that takes a raw fleece and it arranges all of the yarn fibers, wool fibers into the same direction so that they can be fed into a a spinning wheel and then all the fibers will be in the same direction to then be spun and plied into yarn. So there's a lot of steps to get yarn from raw fleece to usable yarn. We should bid on one. Should we? I don't know. Which one do you want? 
I, I would love a carding machine. That'd be really cool. Folks, if you haven't uh, registered for a number yet, you need to do that, please, down at the end of the building at the table. Please register for a number before we start. We will be selling this uh, back row with the line truck popper and the sheep blankets and the sheep equipment. We're going to sell that first. Then we've got a couple of bigger looms and a rug and a few things closer to the bleachers. So if you don't have your numbers yet, please go over to the end of the building, sign up for a buyer's number. And we will sell the sheep equipment first and then we'll work into the fiber. Let's go get a number. Let's do it. So now we're in the sheep side of Sheep and Wool, and I'm with Rachel's partner, Sam, who is a huge supporter of the wool industry and the fiber folk. I, I must admit I, I'm new to this whole world, but on the sheep side more than the wool side, I, I can't help but being around them without just feeling like a rush of just joy. It's like they're, they're soft and they're cute and they're friendly and they're calm and like they're just you can just get right up in their faces and touch the like the scratch the back of their head and neck and it's just like a blanket i just feel very very at ease around them they're very special creatures do you have a favorite kind i know nothing and i will pretend to know i won't pretend to know anything well today I, we're going to learn i'm looking forward to learning but there's I, a contest and a show and an auction <laughs> it's all new and i think it's part of the the variations between like the oils in their skin and the colors and the, the textures of the fleece it's just really special and you know i i not so jokingly kid about getting one one day and i i i'm decently serious about it you never know one day could be today i i wonder <laughs> if they fit on the overhead compartments on on delta flights because otherwise we're gonna have a hard time getting it home that's true <laughs> i'll hold on to it for you We just walked into another booth and I'm feeling alpaca. Yes. What's the deal with alpaca versus sheep? It's a, it's a bit softer and folks tend to be a little bit less sensitive to it next to their skin. And it's often blended with wool or some other fiber types like silk or yak or other merino. Yak. Wool. Yak. Yeah. And then there's plant fibers like bamboo. Um, what else? Cotton. Yeah. Oh, we haven't talked about what you're wearing. Oh, what am I wearing? Yeah, you look a cute outfit. What, tell me you. about it. So I'm wearing a pattern called the Tessellated Vest Pattern by Andrea Mowry. And she's a very well-known knitwear designer in the community. She designed this pattern along with a pullover version of it specifically for this festival. And walking around, I'm seeing people in their own versions of the same creation. And it's nice to see that we all have our own take on the interpretation of the pattern, our color story that we went with, and it just really celebrates the individual expression across the art form. I feel that way passing another mini driver on the road. Yeah, it's or like the Jeep nod, you know, <laughs> or like truck drivers honking at each other. There's, there's always those acknowledgments of each other in, in each little subculture. Terrific. Yeah. So we're, we're on the hill, and it's kind of a meetup of everyone? Of all the people who made the tessellated vest and tessellated pullover. And who's our celebrity, Andrea? Andrea Mowry, she's the designer. We just saw her. She was the head of the drag queen. Right, and there is a drag queen. There is a drag queen. 
and there's everyone wearing their creations. It's really beautiful. Yeah, it's did really beautiful. This? Yes, I did. I saw this fleece last year, and I was like, I'm gonna make something with that. That's amazing. Try this and this, um, and I made this. How long did this creation take you? A long time. <laughs> the fleece I tacked. I made this this oh, thing, wow. the skirt, and I tacked it onto that, and then I knitted this and tacked it onto the corset. It's beautiful. Oh, this nice job. Like this, and I thought that might fit as a collar. That's so amazing. this is what. Came what is your drag name? Blue Belle Bijou. So I love Blue Belle Bijou. Yeah, Bijou is like jewelry. Yes, beautiful blue jewel. Yeah. Can I take a photo? Can I take a photo? Oh, she's on Instagram. Amazing. Wait, so tell me more about Andrea. So Andrea is a very well-known knitwear designer in the community, and part of it, part of why she's so well-known is because her patterns are really accessible. She has a, has a YouTube channel, so what she'll do is in her patterns, if there are steps that require specific techniques, she'll link a video on her channel to that step in the pattern. So if you get tripped up, you can just go to her channel and see the instructions. And she also has a weekly knitting podcast on YouTube where she answers questions that people write in and the podcast is called I'll Knit If I Want To. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Yeah, that's great. And knitting podcasts are like this whole other foray in the community and there's a, there's a typical structure to a knitting podcast. So it starts with your FOs or your finished objects. Sometimes you go into your UFOs or unfinished objects Ooh. and people tend to have UFOs that just never resurface. So there's often spin-off episodes where you just go through all of your UFOs and f figure out if you want to keep going or do what's called frogging them, which is when you just rip it out. Then next in the episode, it'll go into the whips or works in progress. And then finally your acquisitions where you get new yarn and you get to show people what will be coming up in another project. That's great. We also use whips in consulting. Oh. Is there a term in knitting world um, for like a city, like a new newcomer, like a beginner? I think it's a beginner knitter. Beginner knitter. But one thing that I love about welcoming new knitters to the community is I've heard it framed that any mistake you make when you start knitting will actually at some point become a technique that you'll learn purposefully. So when you drop a stitch by mistake, in, in an actual project when you mean to drop a stitch, it's called a slip stitch. And that's that creates like a, an elongated stitch in the project. So knitting is very nimble in that your mistakes are often techniques when used strategically. And I find that very beautiful. Love that.